0: Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, unique ideas, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. And if you'd like to discuss your small business on this podcast, shoot me an email. GDeal at CompassMediaNetworks.com. That's GDeal at CompassMediaNetworks.com. Dot com. Today's stories why our concentration has become so challenged at the office and the goodies being handed out by cities to lure companies and their jobs. Those stories after this. It's Small Business Month and Dell is celebrating innovators and job creators in a big way, like up to 40% off business PCs, big. Even a free 1 terabyte external hard drive with select purchases, big. Call 877-BY-DELL today to connect with a US-based advisor. They're ready to help with tech solutions tailored to your business, like finding just the right Dell PCs with Intel Core processors. Because your hard work is more than appreciated, it's admired. Call 877-BY-DELL today. When shopping for car insurance, consider this. GEICO has been saving people money on car insurance for over 75 years. So if you're serious about savings, it's simple. Go to geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. Got one of those cubicle farms at work? Well, after taking down walls to create open offices and foster lots of interaction and collaboration, some companies are finding They've done the job too well. Wall Street Journal writer Sue Schellenbarger says all of this social engineering has created endless distractions that draw employees' eyes away from their own screens. Sue, now what? Explain.
1: Employers are, are putting more people into a smaller amount of space in these open plan offices where there are very few uh, closed offices or standing partitions, and those offices are noisy. We've known that for quite some time, but now some employers are finding that they're also visually distracting. That is, some people, if they know folks are moving around their peripheral field of vision, they can't concentrate. So uh, employers are taking some creative steps to try to cut down on that visual noise.
0: Boy, all right. So uh, that would include things like uh, you sitting next to me and saying, could you stop drumming your pen, please? (laughs) Those types of things.
1: (laughs) Or even moving moving around in your chair. Or more frequently, if you're sitting at an open space desk and some colleagues gather seven or eight feet away in the byway and they're talking and you're wondering, hmm, who are they talking about? Are they going to lay somebody off? Are they going to lay me off? And you, you begin to not be able to concentrate. For some people, according to a Princeton University professor who studied this for years, this can be very distracting. They really can't tolerate uh, unpredictable motion in their peripheral field of vision.
0: All right. So, so kind of bring it to where we are today. What's happening now? What, who, what, what companies are trying something to fix this?
1: Some companies are very creative in the way they're approaching it. Their uh, segment, a San Francisco software company, figured out that their old warehouse-style offices were really distracting, especially for engineers who had to work on visual-spatial tasks. So they moved to new space. It's more of a labyrinth style they put. Big potted plants and hanging walls of plants. And they uh, designed it so that the sight lines were much shorter and the engineers who have to do visual spatial work get team rooms. It's, it's okay to be surrounded by your teammates who might be doing the same thing you are. What's visually distracting is if you're surrounded by people doing completely different things or just chatting.
0: Wow. We're speaking with Wall Street Journal columnist Sue Schellenbarger. She's written a piece called Why You Can't Concentrate at work. So are they seeing results at this point or too too soon to tell?
1: They're very happy about this. Uh, I interviewed a couple of employees there. Both of them said their productivity was actually way up. These were people who who really would like to have had blinders so that they were not able to see what was going on around them. And very quiet and much more calming and able to focus.
0: That's the Wall Street Journal's Sue Schellenberger coming up next. cities' efforts to lure businesses. When a state ranks among the top 10 in the country for major new and expanded facilities, that's pure growth. When it's tops for three straight years, that's pure Michigan. Long known as a world leader in the automotive industry, Michigan is also a leader in defense, cybersecurity, mobility, agribusiness, and aerospace. In fact, CNBC rates Michigan among the top 10 states in the country for business. To learn more, visit michiganbusiness.org, because helping business grow is pure Michigan. The race to lure companies and their jobs has intensified among cities with generous handouts of goodies, especially tax breaks. Many older industrial cities see tax incentives as one of the few levers they can pull. But Wall Street Journal reporter Ruth Simon says that means that even neighboring towns might battle each other. Ruth, what's up here?
2: We think a lot about competition from China and Mexico, but in fact, what you have a lot of is cities and states battling each other in the competition to attract and retain companies. And sometimes the competition isn't very far away. My story looked at, it at Elyria, Ohio, which is a town in northeastern Ohio. And often, they're battling with very nearby communities. In one case, a company moved little more than two miles away.
0: Jeez, that was the, uh, the helmet manufacturer, Riddell? That
2: was, that was Riddell. They Riddell? make a lot of the helmets that you see football players wear.
0: Wow. And, and they had turned down one offer in favor of another, right?
2: Right. And in both cases, the communities offered tax incentives. And one of the points that we try to make is that it's hard for some of these older industrial cities. They're a bit landlocked, so they don't have these fresh, what we'd call green fields, where you can just build a factory from the ground up. Um, Sometimes they have aging infrastructure, they have older buildings, and so they're trying to compete. But the other cities on the other side, they feel like even though they have other advantages, sometimes they feel like they need to offer the tax incentives as well.
0: You had that uh, one guy with the consulting firm saying the fight to attract and retain companies is probably as competitive as it's ever been in the 30 years he's been doing this type of work. How come?
2: I think one of the reasons is that it's been slow to come. We, the country's been slow to come out of the recovery. Um, new firm formation has not been very high, so holding on to these companies or attracting them is very important. One of the other things that happens is that companies do a lot of work when it comes to figuring out where they want to look at before they even go to the cities. So by the time they get there, this is one of the things that the cities feel um, they have to offer. I will say though that I did talk to some communities that are trying to take a hard look at their incentive programs and make sure they are using them in the most effective way possible.
0: We're speaking with Ruth Simon, Wall Street Journal senior special writer. Her piece is called U.S. Cities Battle Each Other for Jobs with $45 billion in incentives. So when we talk about incentives, are we most of the time talking about tax incentives of some kind? My
2: story is looking particularly at tax incentives, and there's a variety of different ones um, that – that cities and states will use. And there there are other things that they may use to try to attract companies, but this is expensive.
0: Boy, it's interesting because you point out that uh, later this year, we could learn more about this, right? Because we're going to get some of this stuff made available publicly.
2: Right. The Government Accounting Standards Board, which sets the rules for how cities and states disclose this information, is requiring them for the first time this year to disclose information about tax incentives. One of the things that I found in my reporting is counting is really hard because until now there hasn't been a requirement that communities or states disclose this information. Some do, some don't. Some of this happens very much at the local level, so you have to be, and these may be smaller, but they're important. They add up, and you have to be looking very closely, and sometimes they're not disclosed at all. It really varies.
0: It's Wall Street Journal reporter Ruth Simon. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website, which is thismorningwithgordondeal.com, as well as places like iTunes and SoundCloud. Those are also places where you can hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. You can email me at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. That's gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal.